Fed Square's Anything But Square podcast was created, recorded and edited on the stolen lands of the Bunurong and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Fed Square's partner organisations stand. Sovereignty was never ceded. My name is Sarah Gasali and today I'm talking with Ifrin, the Head of Social Enterprise at Sisterworks in Melbourne. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks Sarah for having me. All good. Firstly, what is Sisterworks and what kind of opportunities do they provide? So Sisterworks is a not-for-profit social enterprise. We've been in operation for um, eight and a half years now. We support refugee asylum seekers and migrant women in uh, Victoria. We would love to support more than Victoria, but at the moment we are just uh, located in Victoria. We provide uh, vocational and life skill trainings to the sisters, pathways, employment supports, as well as employment through our social enterprise productions and entrepreneurship journey through our Sisterworks retail store. So we try to uh, basically support these diverse background women into their new life in Australia through training, pathway, employment and entrepreneurship. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. What was the source of inspiration for this enterprise? I think I'll take you back to how it started. I think about nine or nine and a half years ago, the founder of Sisterworks, Luz Restrepo, she was a political asylum seekers from Colombia, was in an English class with another nine women. They started talking about having a better life in Australia and thinking what they can do. So they started joined forces in making crafts and start selling their crafts in weekend markets in Melbourne. Um, so they move around on the weekend markets and attracted more and more sisters. So that's basically the birth of Sisterworks. Um, and in May 2013, Sisterworks officially um, being incorporated. It really is a group of women who would like to have a better life, inspired to contribute to society and become who we are now. And we continue to basically carry that mission to, to this day. Mm. And just out of interest, Ifrin, how did you get involved? Um, four and a half years ago, um, I was on um, sabbatical leave, uh, meaning I still have uh, small kids back then. <laughs> and um, previous to my involvement at Sisterworks, I was in um, IT management uh, consulting. So I started volunteering with Sisterworks. Um, at that time, Sisterworks was still pretty early age, three and a half years into the operation where everything is still manual, everything written on piece of paper, Excel spreadsheet. So there wasn't any process or system in place. I actually applied uh, to become a, a computer teacher to the sisters at Sisterworks. And then I met Luz and we started talking and because of my background I sort of say something like look if you want to grow you really need to put you know a system and process in place because this writing on a piece of paper is not going to grow you bigger and that's how my involvement started from there on you couldn't really go away <laughs> yeah <laughs> we see a lot of organizations in Melbourne that support migrant and refugee communities why does Sisterworks solely focus on empowering women who come from migrant and refugee backgrounds? I think the role of women in society quite often is being underrated. And I think to a degree that is even worse in some culture. We want to 
change that we want to be able to give the same opportunity to those women that come from all sorts of different uh, cultural backgrounds. And we also know that um, there are, like you mentioned, there are quite a lot of supports already out there for um, you know asylum seeker migrant um, families, um, in particularly the uh, the male or the father or the husband, and quite often the female, you know, the mother, the the wives, the daughters are being left out, and or they are not the first priority, so to speak. And we want to be that organization that support those groups of women that would like to have a better life and don't know where to start. So that's why we are, in a way, being very particular about you know women from a different cultural background that have arrived here in Australia. And we don't have any policy on how long you have been in Australia. Um, as long as you come from that background, share that same story, we, we welcome them. That makes me really happy to hear because I definitely agree with why this is needed as well. Mm. So, How does SisterWorks promote sustainable living? You know, it wasn't intentional. Around about four years into SisterWorks operation, we started to realise that not every woman that joined SisterWorks actually have that creative flair or as designer or can make jewelries. A lot of them don't have those skills, but wants to partake in, you know, some sort of activities that can have some financial incentive for them. So then the idea of a SisterWorks label product uh, was born. SisterWorks label product is, it, it's a product that SisterWorks developed, come up with concept, the process, how to make it, and then we then teach the sisters on how to make them. So they don't need to think about what color to put, you know, what design the jewelry should be. You know, we teach them how to make it, and then for every piece that they make, then they get paid for it. In the process of uh, creating those products, we started to realize that we have a lot of materials that are being donated to us, and we don't want them to go into waste. So it started off quite naturally. We don't want these fabrics to go into landfill. What can we do about it? You know, bit by bit, we started thinking about that and the products that we can make, and it's just come naturally to us to think about sustainability in our product uh, development and to a point that at the moment it becomes our product development principle. So if it's not socially, environmentally responsible, we don't make it. You can classify our products from the sustainability angle point of view in two groups. One is we upcycle something into something else that can have you know, um, a further life. For example, we upcycle banners into a tote bag, into a computer bag, into a lanyard. Those banners uh, would otherwise go into landfill. And the other products we make is actually to support sustainability journey of our customers. So they don't need to worry about making bread back. They can buy it from us. But they, you know, by, by using it, they're basically supporting this less waste and the thinking of sustainable future, etc. I think when an organization is structured like that, when sustainability is at the root of things, that whatever product you come up with, it's bound to be sustainable, whether you're conscious of it or not. So that's really amazing. Oh, thank you. How does COVID-19 impact the operations of SisterWorks? That's a very interesting question. SisterWorks is considered lucky, I suppose. So we have a, we have a plus and minus. So we have the, uh, the negative and the positives of, uh, of covid the negatives is uh, obviously we cannot hold any face-to-face -face trainings 
open the shop, you know, physical uh, retail shop that we have and we're working from home so that human interaction is minimal, just like any other organization probably facing that, that same situation. But I always believe in silver linings. And in this case, what happened when COVID kicks in is that we believe in a mission and we want to carry the mission because one of our mission is also community and well-being. So we thought we need to continue what we're doing and we move our training into online. And what it means is uh, some of the sisters that never know Zoom before, that never know Google Meet before, need to then understand how to operate those. Obviously, online training, we cannot really have too many capacities. So again, that's the negative. But, you know, there's always a positive thing. So now, whenever lockdown kicks in, we just instantly know that we'll be okay because we can still continue doing what we are doing by moving to online. So if you look at our calendar, our training calendars, they are all online now, but there's always training happening every day. And the positive thing is uh, because there is no geographical boundaries with online, anyone can join. We actually have friends of a friends of a friends of our sisters that they can now join through online. So I think you know, that is the that is really a positive uh, situation for us. And it's something that we embrace, something that we're quite proud of. That's that's when, you know, working from home can be a positive thing, especially for our sisters. It becomes the avenue for them. And in regards to the uh, the social enterprise part of it, um, when COVID-19 started to, to kick in, uh, one of my product designer or my team member started thinking about um, reusable face mask. And soon enough, we, you know, started selling reusable face masks, you know, from making like uh, 60 in a week and start to go making 600 in a week. And then it just keeps growing, especially when the announcement was made in July. We thought, okay, well, we, we can make them. And we, in that period, recruit more and more sisters to be involved in our production. So we actually have a lot of new sisters that we train through online. So this online training becomes the enabler for us to then you know train more and more sisters and be involved in this production so we started off with six sisters making face masks and then we ended up at the height of the production we have 80 sisters making face masks they are all doing their production from home because obviously they cannot come so we send courier every day to drop off and pick up materials the, this career just go from one sister's house to another sister's house. Also, then our online sales channels become known. Our uh, business used to be from a face-to-face retail store and markets, and COVID really changed that. That's amazing. Um, do you know how many sisters you currently have? So obviously it keeps moving. So for example, in our production team, we have about 50 sisters. So that's the craft and the food production. And in the stores or on our retail markets, we have 40 sisters that are selling their own products. So these are the sisters that we call them the small business sisters. So they create their own product and they sell it through us. And we also have sisters that are going through our training channels and our pathways channels. But we usually handle around about 200 to 300 in a month or so. Probably a bit more actually during COVID. Again, this is another positive thing because as I said, there's no limit to number of uh, sisters that can join um, the class. Whilst if we have face-to-face, especially with this COVID restriction, we used to be able to have six to eight sisters in a class. Now we can only have like three or four because we already, you know, fulfill the capacity of the room. Yeah. And where do you see SisterWorks growing in the future? We dream big according to our mission. So we want to help all these uh, migrant refugee women to have this same opportunity no matter where they are. 
And as I said, at the moment, we are only operational in Victoria. We are in uh, Richmond, so our, our hub, main hub is in Richmond. We also have operation in Bendigo. We are very soon, if not because of COVID, we're probably already open and operational, going to be in Dandenong. So we're going to be co-located with Asylum Seekers Resource Centre in the new hub that they are building in, in Dandenong. The plan is for us to start operational in September. This is a negative part of COVID. Um, everything basically got postponed. Now we're, we're being informed that maybe end of this month or the beginning of October, we can maybe move into that premises. So we do also outreach or mobile hub. So we go to community centres around Melbourne, the city of Wyndham, Whittlesea, and we, we actually go there and provide our programmes there, our training programmes there. Um, but that's obviously limited to a driving distance. If you ask me what, what will be SisterWorks' dream or where, where I see SisterWorks, we see ourselves in another state. Um, we don't know yet where it is, but I think that's our aim, to be able to help you know, refugee and migrant women in other places other than Victoria. So let's dream big. Yeah, why not? And as soon as you said Dandenong, I definitely agree. And I think a lot of people would benefit from being in that close proximity of it. So I think that's a brilliant idea. How can refugee and migrant women get involved in SisterWorks? We don't have any limitations on age or cultural background or languages. So they can all get involved with SisterWorks. If they see our model fits, then we have an open door policy and they can, they can come and join any class that we have. All of our classes are free. Some of them come with certificates at the end. So classes like food handling certificates and we're actually introducing barista training very, very soon. Uh, all of those classes came with the certificate um, at the end. A lot of our sisters came to us from the recommendation of uh, our partners. So if they're already with Asylum Seekers Resource Centre, they can get referred to us or, or they can just walk in or, or call us. So it's really a matter of if they think that they, if our services suits them and they are most welcome. And one last question, how can we support SisterWorks? How can our listeners support this organisation? We need support from any angle of the operation. So uh, there's so many ways to be, to be involved and to support us. I mean, it started off from even volunteering with us. It can also be in the form of a financial support, you know, running fundraising for us, doing monthly donation. I think fundraising is always a good and fun thing to do for SisterWorks. Or you can be also customers. We have different kind, different range of products that may be useful, as I said, to, to support your sustainable, you know, less uh, waste uh, journey. You can always just also be an, an advocate for us, just like yourself, Sarah, you know, uh, reaching out to us and wanting to tell a story about us. There's really um, a lot of things that you can you can do for us. You know, it, even down to uh, uh, fabric donations. As I said, we actually work with a lot of donated fabric. In fact, for our training, we you obviously don't use the best fabrics that you have. You use the, you know some of the the donated fabrics that comes from uh, from public. But we do have some requirements on the fabric, you know, the sizing and the type of fabric that we use, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So as you can see, you can really support us in so many different ways. I really hope everyone listening will be able to support you in one way or another. And I just want to say a big thank you for joining me on this podcast. It's been a real pleasure learning more about this organization. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me and uh, sharing SisterWorks story to the public. And if you have time after this lockdown, come and visit us. I will. Yeah, definitely.